This is the Four Quarters Podcast, your home court for college hoops and recruiting. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Four Quarters Podcast. I'm Adam Zagoria from zagsblog.com and SMY. As always, joined by my main man, Josh Newman. Joshy, we're getting into mid to late August here and uh, we got the Elite 24 coming up and I'm, I'm really looking forward to having Sonny Vaccaro on the podcast to talk about the sneaker wars. Yeah, this is definitely an exciting podcast. As you said, Elite 24 is this weekend. Uh, Nike is bringing their 12-player roster to the Bahamas, coinciding at the same time as Elite 24. So I'm sure that Sonny uh, is going to have some very good opinions on on what's going on right now. Love talking to Sonny. Okay, a quick programming note to listen to all of SMY.TV's original podcasts covering the Mets, Jets, Knicks, Rangers, Islanders, and college basketball and recruiting. Just subscribe to the SMY.TV audio network on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's the SMY.TV audio network. Please rate and review our channel. For the Mets fans out there, be sure to check out this week's all-new episode of Inside the Park with Steve Gelbs as SNY's Mets reporter sits down with Wayne Randazzo of 710WOR to discuss the state of the Mets, pace of the game issues, and the concept of bullpenning. All right, as we mentioned, Josh and I have Sonny Vaccaro today, a legend in the sneaker business. We also have Sports U coach Reggie Carter. We're also going to talk some recruiting and some Team USA NBA action. So let's get it started now in the first quarter with the legendary Sonny Vaccaro. Sonny, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's always great talking to you. You've been a uh, very kind to me in the business, and obviously you're a, a legend in the sneaker business, and we want to get your take on a few things. Um, you know, first of all, Sonny, as you know, Nike is sending 12 of their top players to the Bahamas this week, this Saturday, so that basically so they don't play in the Under Armour Elite 24 game here in Brooklyn on Saturday. Do you see this as Nike being threatened or or they just don't want their kids in an Under Armour uniform? Well, threatens a better thing than to do an Under Armour uniform. They're not on national TV. It's, it's, it's threatened in the sense that Under Armour is the first company uh, to come along and give Nike a run for the summertime connection with the athletes. Can you expand on that a little bit? I mean, is it just by virtue of this game or that they've signed some significant NBA guys too? How do you see that? No, no, I, I believe that Under Armour is the company. Adidas is still obviously well-placed and well-fortified, and they got great athletes. Under Armour, with its growth in the last you know, 18 months because of Steph Curry and other things that they've done, is a legitimate threat to a long-term dominancy. But Under Armour is still underfed and undernourished in basketball. They got Steph. They need some young blood. They need some young kids who will grow into that. Nike doesn't need any. They just don't want you to have them. They'll add more. That's the, it's the fight of the athlete right now. And it goes down to whatever you and other reporters were reporting in the 90s when I left Nike to go to Adidas and we, we sort of have competitively competed. Well, Adidas is still strong, but Under Armour is the, the, the natural threat of Nike in basketball. Yeah, I, I think you've sort of just answered my next question, but my next question is, you know, is the sneaker wars a real thing, or do we make too much out of it? Is it real, or, you know, is Nike uh, subject to, you know, to some sort of threat here from Under Armour or Adidas? Well, you know, the threat is long-term. The threat is up to now Under Armour do what Adidas didn't do, you know, starting from 2003 when they got out of the running for LeBron. That's a fact, Okay. So then everybody's been good. In that interim time, 
Nike has gotten a hold of the greatest athletes, the uh, basketball players. You know, they've won world championships, they dominate these Olympic teams. But what has happened now is because of Steph Curry and the emergence of this superstar kid who sells shoes, you know, they have now presented a challenge with Nike going forward. Nike's threat will happen if it's going to happen in about five years because this year's class, last year's class, the kids are in college right now. What I'm told, and, and I'm a little untuned with this now, uh, Adam, is it's a great bunch of young players. Under Armour and Adidas have to get one or two of these guys. They, they have to going forward to promote the basketball line. Uh, and Sonny, I'm curious, obviously, you know, way back in the day, I mean, you signed, you know, a guy named Michael Jordan to Nike. Um, not so much going back that far, but generally speaking, since you signed Kobe Bryant to Adidas, you know, 20 some odd years ago, how, how has this whole business changed in the last 20 years? Well, it, it changed dramatically when I left Adidas, you know, to go to Reebok because Adidas wouldn't, you know, confront Nike and give LeBron what was rightfully should have been his and proved to be, you know, under underpaying in later years. The, the point to answer your question, Josh, is everything changed. Michael was an anomaly. No one was doing anything. That was the, you know, however, and I will be forever connected and gracefully so. And, you know, it changed the world, but the world didn't know the change was coming. Kobe was subterfuge. Kobe was working through the things and network. That was a that was something that maybe if you look back on my life, say, was one of the better signs that I ever did because the other people weren't aware. High school basketball players going to the NBA weren't happening. Kevin Garnett was the only one that did it, and he went silently. So that was a prearranged plan, and Adam would remember that I actually lived in New York, and Gary Charles and all the guys you know, that, that helped me over the intervening years emerged. To answer your question directly here, it's drastically changed. Then LeBron comes very, very status quo because they sort of gained, they being Nike, control again, okay? I lasted three years of Reebok to go on my sojourn. The world changed. Right now, Nike owns basketball, and they own it because they acquired the best property that they never had, and it's now part of it, but no one thinks of it, is USA Basketball. And what I'm saying to you, forget going to the Bahamas or staying in New York, it's, it's about how we get the under-14s, the under-10s, under-1s, under whoever's not born yet. And, and these kids, these great players of that time, this time, are now playing in all these under-teams. They're going to Chile. They're going to, you know, all the foreign countries. What they've done is selectively picked about 10 or 15 of the great kids in that particular underclass, 17, 16, and put them in... USA Basketball. Now, it's not clandestine. It's not illegal. They won the rights to own USA Basketball. And not coincidentally or uncoincidentally, this is the year, the years are the one and dones. So these kids have been bred under the umbrella of Nike ever since I left, to be very, very honest with you, because they got, un, un, or they got something that Under Armour and Adidas won't ever have. Adidas had it for a minute. They didn't know what the hell to do with it. USA Basketball is the conduit to all the youth basketball players. No matter what shoe you wear or what one of these kids go, most of them played in USA basketball, just so we understand that. So to answer, Josh, I hope you understand and your audience understands what I'm saying. 
they run the EB thing. They, you know, Nike and Adidas and Reebok or uh, Under Armour run all kind of events. But when you got all the great ones, okay, supposedly great at this time, playing for you in USA Basketball, but you're really playing under the flag of Nike. Let's be honest. Let's not be hypocritical here. And it's not illegal. It's a smart business move. Um, you, in recent years, you have been an advocate of American players um, going overseas instead of playing college basketball. Most recently, um, Terrence Ferguson was going to play at Arizona. He didn't qualify. He's going to Australia. Uh, you know, Brandon Jennings, a few years back, he, he went overseas. That has obviously worked out for him. Um, can this be a trend, or are these kind of just anomalies and it, it's something that just won't catch on? It won't catch on now because one and done's in existence, and Adam's going to give up the fruitless chase of 20-year-olds. I mean, he sort of <laughs> said the other day, if they would have gone to a 20-year-old age limit, I, Sonny Vaccaro, going on 77 years old, would have predicted, and I've said publicly, and I'll get beat up again for saying it. I believe that it would have failed the 20-year-old because I don't think the kids we're talking about today, Josh and Adam and the audience, is this. They, they put their six months in purgatory now because they just go to these schools for six months. You and I both know it. It's under pretense of academics, which it isn't. They go to the same schools now. I mean, Mike Krzyzewski is now all in favor of one and done, although he may publicly say he doesn't like the theory. It's what is, and Mike's gotten the best players he's had in the last couple of years. Johnny's got them. These kids still congregate at the great schools. But under 20, you would have seen maybe more Brandon than Ferguson. These kids didn't do it because academically, the NCAA with their stupidity and nonsense of what they still try and control individuals basically prevented them from moving forward. It's not that they wouldn't have gone to college. They were prevented. And what are they going to do, sit out a year and pass up, you know, this kid made a few bucks, and I know the brand had made a few bucks. But I don't think it'll be as long as this is one and done, that's all they're doing, and they're going to play national television. So I don't think it'll ever be what I, what I personally hope for until they, you know, get rid of this age limit thing on Brandon. I always thought that you should be, and I still think, that an individual should be hired and fired, not on age, but on ability. So if somebody wants them, let them pay for them. And, and, and the nonsense of college sports, college basketball is like, you know, you know ridiculous, because that has nothing to do with getting you ready to be a pro basketball player. Let's understand that, and you guys take me somewhere else. Huh? Too long of an answer, Adam, I'm sorry. That's all right, Sonny. Listen, we really appreciate your time, and I uh, hope you're having a great summer, and we'll get back to you sometime in the future, and, and take care and give our best to Pam, okay? Okay, maybe we should keep score of the, uh, the Under Armour and the Nike competition uh, vicariously from the Bahamas to New York City. <laughs> At least they're nice places to go, gentlemen. They picked good places. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty smart by Nike going to the Bahamas, for sure. All right, yeah, thanks a lot for your time, and take care. Go for it, guys. God bless. Bye-bye. Josh, um, always great to talk to Sonny Vaccaro. I think he made a really interesting point there about Nike, you know, essentially controlling youth on USA basketball and the under-18 and under-17 teams. And one perfect example of that is Trevon Duval, who's an Under Armour kid. You know, I don't know exactly what happened, but he was not on the under-18 team that won the gold medal this summer, while they did have other point guards like Quade Green and, and Trey Young. Yeah, I mean, that's been kind of a... You know, a storyline that hasn't really been talked about, at least in the last few last few years, is that Nike is 
for all intents and purposes, running USA basketball. And that's just not the youth teams. That's the U19 team. That's even up to the senior national team that is in Rio right now. Not all of those guys are Nike guys, but the vast majority that made the team are indeed Nike guys. All right, that's certainly true. We're going to move on now to the second quarter and talk to our friend Reggie Carter from uh, IZOD Sports U program. Reggie, welcome to the show. Uh, how you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for giving us a few minutes, Reggie. Um, you know, we wanted to talk to you. You have three kids from the Sports U program in the Under Armour Elite 24 game on Saturday. Naz Reed, Javon Quinterly, and Lewis King. What does it say about the program that the three guys from one program are in the game? Um, it's a, it's a good honor to have, you know, three guys from our program to make a, a league game, uh, like this, especially going into the, uh, junior year. It's a big opportunity for those guys and, um, you know, showcasing talent and skills on a, um, national stage and to just get the experience, the, the experience of the, uh, three day weekend is, is, um, you know, top notch. Yeah, the game will be on uh, ESPN, I believe, on Saturday at 7.30. Is it ESPNU or ESPN? One of them. Um, and then, you know, we wanted to just kind of follow Reggie on this topic of the sneaker wars that Josh and I have been writing a lot about. I know you're, you know, a, an Under Armour guy, but Nike is taking 12 of their kids and sending them to the Bahamas. You know, it looks like basically so they won't play in this game and kind of detracting some of the talent from this game. What is your thought on that? Does that do you think Nike sees Under Armour as a threat here or what? Uh, well, it's business, and in business you always have competitors, and obviously Under Armour has definitely um, become, you know, Nike's competitor. So from a business standpoint, that's they feel like they um, have to do. It's what they have to do. At the end of the day, the kids still have a choice to, you know, choose where they're going to go or what they're going to do or play in, you know, at this time of the year. So, you know. That's what Nike feels like they have to do, or if that is the reason why they're doing it, you know, that's, that's their choice. And, Reggie, you know, a lot's been made in the last few months about, you know, the supposed Fab Five over there of uh, Naz Reed, Javon Quinterly, uh, Lewis King, Luther Muhammad, and uh, Atiba Taylor. Um, is it a realistic thing to think that all five of these kids could go to the same school? Um. It's very realistic. I think these, those guys have been together. Um, they've been Under Armour kids and been together since they're about 13 years old. So they've been doing this a long time together. So I'm sure that is something they talk about. You know, I've seen uh, different media reports where they have, you know, they've been quoted and saying it's something they talk about. But at the end of the day, everybody will make a decision that's best for them and their families. And if that best decision is all five of them to go to school together, you know, that's what they'll, they'll decide to do. But they're pretty wide open to everything right now. When you look uh, at Naz Reed, you know, he, he's kind of emerged as, you know, the biggest recruit out of the five. You know, he's visited Rutgers. He's seen St. John's. Um, is there any chance that, that, that he would potentially stay home at one of these local schools or would, you know, a Kentucky, a UConn, a Duke eventually come calling? And does he have any visits set up right now? Um, no, Nazi's open to anything right now. We're not closing the doors to anything. He he's just opening to trying to become a better basketball player right now, and focusing on school and, and getting what he needs to done get done for school. But um, he's open to to any school, local or 
you know, always. His, his recruitment and everything is wide open right now. Hey, Reggie, it's Adam again. I know you're focused on the weekend and getting these guys ready for the game, but um, do any of them have visits coming up after the game or after the weekend, either as a group or individually? As of right now, everybody's pretty much focused on, you know, what's going on um, this weekend. And then after this weekend, everybody will we'll get back to that and figure out what we're going to do in, uh, in September. Um, I know you guys have an event, a, a Sports U event on September 17th that Ed Bright is uh, promoting. Do you want to mention that briefly? Um, no, Ed has promoted it and stuff like that. You know, it's something that everybody knows about that we're doing. Yeah, basically you guys have an end-of-the-year kind of dinner to uh, to educate and help the sports you guys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. That's something we try and do every year. All right, well, listen, we appreciate your time, and uh, we'll see you this weekend at the game, and good luck with everything, all right? All right, thanks again for having me, guys. Um, you know, good to get on a different voice there, Josh. We've had, you know, Brian Coleman and Ed Bright from Sports U. Reggie really is kind of the day-to-day nitty-gritty with those guys, and he's going to be busy the next couple of years with Naz and Javon and Lewis because they're all going to be very highly recruited, those three guys specifically. Yeah, you know, Naz Reed, you know, he, he's a he's a Jersey guy from down here at the Shore. He plays at Roosevelt Catholic. He's the biggest name, but I feel like when it's all said and done, maybe Lewis King, at least from what I've seen, maybe Lewis King turns out to be the biggest dog out of all five. That's just my opinion. Yeah, well, that's a good segue into the third quarter where Josh and I are going to break down a little recruiting. Um, you know, let's kind of keep it focused on some of the local guys, big name local guys. Josh, Nick Richards has indicated he's a 6'10", 6'11", big man out of St. Pat's. He has indicated on Twitter that he's going to make a decision in the next month. Um, it's a little unclear, you know, whether he's picked a date or when exactly he's going to announce. I was told he might also wait until December. Um, he'll be at the game, the Under Armour game this weekend, so we can talk to him. But you know, if you put a gun to my head, I'd say that kid's going to end up at Kentucky or possibly Syracuse. Uh, John Calipari has been all over him for two years. Syracuse has been in there a lot. I know he mentioned some other schools like UConn and Indiana, but um, I'll be very surprised if it's not Kentucky or Syracuse. I feel like right now it's going to be Kentucky, but you know, everything you said is true. You know, John Calipari got in early. He's He's been all over Nick Richards. Syracuse has been in there also. You know, he's a He's kind of a true kind of, you know, throwback kind of true big man who, who, you know, who operates out of the post. He plays for St. Pat's and Chris Chavannis and Mike Rice. Um, I say Kentucky. You say Kentucky. Uh, neither would surprise me, though. Yeah. And keep in mind, you know, John Calipari's already gotten Dakari Johnson and Michael Kidd Gilchrist out of St. Pat's. You know, Nick Riches is not very polished offensively. He's still coming along. He's only been playing organized basketball for about four years out of Jamaica. But he's, you know, close to seven feet. Um, he's a tremendous shot blocker, rebounder. And his offensive game, uh, from what I saw at the Peach Jam, is coming around. He's developing some moves around the basket. So uh, he's going to be somebody to watch for sure. Uh, staying local, uh, Christ King point guard Jose Alvarado visited Rutgers this week and Seton Hall. Uh, you know, right now locally within New York and New Jersey, he's kind of the hot 2017 recruit that everyone's talking about. Uh, taking, a, uh, taking a visit to Georgia Tech later this month. Uh, what is the latest on Jose Alvarado? Well, you know, he went to Rutgers on Saturday. He, you know, he told me he feels they're making him a priority. Uh, Rutgers already has one 2017 guard committed in Geo Baker, but is a 6'4 kind of combo guard. But they really want Jose to be their point guard of the future. And then, of course, a couple of days later, he goes to visit Seton Hall, which is also involved for Isaiah Washington and 
these guys like Javon Quinterly on, on sports year. So Seton Hall is involved with a number of local 2017 point guards. And then you get Georgia Tech going in there and some out-of-area schools coming after Jose Alvarado. So I will say that if Rutgers is able to land him, that would be a pretty big coup for Steve Peichel because he's a New York City kid. Rutgers doesn't have much of a tradition of landing uh, New York kids from you know Catholic powerhouses. So if they get him, you know that'll be a, a big coup for them. Um, other local kids, Josh Scotty Lewis and Brian Antoine, continue to blow up. You know they had John Calipari and Bill Self watching them this summer. They visited St. John's and Rutgers in the past week or so. You know it's a long way to go till 2019, and this thing is going to take a lot of you know ups and downs. How do you see this playing out? Do you think the locals have a shot? I mean, based on recent history, based on what's gone on, I mean, you would think. You would think when it's all said and done that no, that Scotty Lewis and Brian Antoine, they would eventually the Blue Bloods are going to really come on. You know, the Dukes and, you know, the Kentuckys and the Kansases and schools like that. There's a there's a long way to go. As you said, there are 2019 kids, uh, the 24-7 sports guys uh, in in their just released 2019 rankings. They've got Antoine as the number two kid in the class of 2019 and Lewis at number three. So. A uh, long way to go, uh, but when it's all said and done, you would think that the Blue Bloods are going to win out when it does come time for these kids to pick schools. All right, we're going to move on now to the fourth and final quarter where Josh and I are going to talk a little bit about Team USA and the Olympics and the uh, and the NBA. Um, you know, the quarterfinals in the men's basketball begin, I believe, today. USA plays Argentina. In one game at 545, you have Spain against France. Another quarterfinal, Croatia, Serbia, and Australia, Lithuania. So the U.S. will see Manu Ginobili um, today, who gets one more shot at the U.S. Is there any reason to think uh, Carmelo and the boys are not going to bring home gold here? Well, let's start here. Uh, as we as we sit here recording this podcast at 1.25 in the afternoon, Australia has already blown out uh, the Lithuanian team in the first quarter of the day. Australia is on the other side of the bracket from the United States. Australia is looking like, you know, right now, Australia is looking like the main threat to the United States. Um, I think for the first time since the United States won bronze in 2004, I think that people are a little on edge. You know, the, the United States has not shown their typical dominance. They won their last two preliminary round games, excuse me, pool play games by three points each. So, you know, Argentina with Manu Ginobili and, you know, uh, and Scola and some of these veteran guys that have been playing for that national team for a long time. There, you know, there's some reason to believe that maybe the United States is in a bit of trouble. But from my point of view, I say that they're 5-0 and and that they've found ways to win. And they're the king until somebody says otherwise. Nobody's, the United States has not lost in international play since 2006. So until somebody does that, you know, they're still the heavy favorite. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they, they have the most firepower and the best players, but they have played a couple of close games. So, you know, we'll see starting starting around 545 tonight. Um, you know, another topic here, Josh, was question of should the U.S. be sending college kids or players under 22 to the Olympics? I know my, I think Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News wrote a column about it. Um, is there any argument to be made for us doing this? Um, I'm going to say no. Um where to begin? All right, 1992, when the original Dream Team showed up and, and just smashed everybody, that was a long time ago, all right? The United States, in this current global basketball climate, 
cannot just roll out the B team anymore and think they're <laughs> no really they cannot roll out the B team anymore and just think that they're going to roll over the rest of the world as we're finding out right now this is not the United States best team this is not the A team and you see what's happening the rest of the world is sending the majority of their best guys and when you put those teams against our maybe A minus or B guys you see what's happening the United States is getting a run for their money the last time excuse me the last time the United States decided to send a bunch of kids LeBron and Carmelo Anthony uh, and a bunch of other young guys in 2004 it didn't really pan out too well when we won bronze. So should we send college kids? No. I think co- I think if, if you sent a team full of straight college kids, we would not medal. Yeah, I think it would be fun to send the reigning NCAA champions. Like maybe we send Villanova, you know, the year that they win. But, you know, that's just me thinking out loud. Um, since the last time we spoke to you fine folks, uh, the NBA schedules have come out. Uh, the Knicks will open at the world champion Cleveland Cavaliers on what we presume will will be ring night in Cleveland. Uh, Joe Kim Noah's, you know, he's already said he's excited to go back to Chicago. Uh, you know, you start looking at other games. You start looking at um, Kevin Durant now playing for the Warriors. His first trip back to Oklahoma City will be something special. Uh, thoughts on the schedule? Well, you know, the Knicks get quite a present. They get, I think it's October 25th, they get to go to Cleveland and play Kyrie and LeBron and the Cavs. And, uh, you know, they'll get a test right away to see where Derrick Rose and, and Noah and mellow and the new look Knicks, you know, match up right away against the defending champs. <clears throat> you also get Joe Kim Noah and Derek Rose going back to Chicago. You know, they claim they're excited about that. Those games will be exciting to watch. And certainly um, both the games where the Warriors play in Oklahoma City, where Durant goes back to OKC, you know, he's probably going to get booed pretty heavily there. And all eyes will be on Durant and Russell Westbrook and how they interact. And then certainly the games between the Cavs and the Warriors with Durant, uh, you know, will be must-watch TV. Uh, last topic here we want to hit, Josh, is your colleague Jerry Carino. The very interesting story today with quotes from Derek Gordon, who's a Plainfield, New Jersey native, who played at St. Pat's, went to Seton Hall, finished up at Seton Hall, essentially saying he was blackballed from getting NBA, any NBA workouts at all because he's gay. Um, I spoke to a couple of NBA scouts today who said they disagree with that. The, the guy just wasn't NBA material wasn't talented enough even to get a workout. Uh, your thoughts? You know how the entire pre-draft process works, and so do I. With that said, nobody is nobody was saying, not Jerry, not me, not you. Nobody rational says that Derek Gordon was an NBA talent. But the landscape across the NBA pre-draft, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of guys working out for all 30 NBA teams, and many of them are not NBA caliber. Some are brought in to fill the workout slots so, you know, so they can go three-on-three three and, they, and you know, they can get a full workout in. Some are favors to agents. There's many, many reasons why guys of all different calibers get NBA workouts. Um, I do think there is probably something to the fact that Derek Gordon didn't get a workout because he's gay, you know, a lot of different opinions out there today. Me, I think that there's some substance to what Jerry Carino wrote, but everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yeah, I mean, again, I talked to some NBA guys who, you know, basically said anonymously it wasn't true. You know, you could make an argument that 
maybe an NBA team wanted to bring him, you know, should have brought him in. It you know, would have been good PR for them, if nothing else, um, you know, diversity and all that. But maybe some teams just decided, you know, it's a combination of he's not talented enough. Plus, you know, they didn't want to deal with any other side issues or whatever. But, you know, until you really get some NBA guys on the record or on truth serum, we don't really know. Um, all right, that's it. We're done for the day. Remember to check out zagsblog.com for all your recruiting news throughout the summer. More coverage of Team USA basketball. We'll also be all over the Elite 24 game this weekend. Remember to check out all of SNY.TV's original podcasts. Just subscribe to the SNY.TV audio network on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's the SNY.TV audio network. And please make sure to rate and review the channel. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Zagoria and at Joshua underscore Newman. Thanks for listening and subscribing. We are out. This has been the Four Quarters Podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network.